Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine, chiropractor, and functional nutrition practitioner, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. I'm excited about today's podcast, but before we jump in, I wanted to remind you to download this month's special gift at drjockersgift.com. From keto meal plans, smoothie recipes, to fasting quick start guides, we have a new complimentary gift every single month. To get your gift, simply visit drjockersgift.com. That's D-R-J-O-C-K-E-R-S-G-I-F-T.com. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. Did you know that as you age, your natural production of collagen declines? This results in fine lines and wrinkles, joint pain, dark circles under your eyes, and more. You see, collagen is like the glue that holds your body together. And luckily, there's an easy way to feed your body additional collagen. It's bone broth. Studies show consuming bone broth protein can boost metabolism, support gut health and digestion, reduce cellulite formation, can help grow healthy skin and nails, support joints, and more. But if you've ever made bone broth, you know it's time-consuming. And who really has the time to simmer bones for 48 hours? That's why I like to use bone broth protein powder. Simply mix a scoop with hot water, add to a smoothie or even a baked dish, and reap all the benefits of collagen-rich protein in just 30 seconds a day. While most companies use the hides or the skin of the animal, which are less nutrient-dense than the bones, I always prefer using bones, and that's why I love Paleo Valley Bone Broth Protein because they use 100% grass-fed beef bones from cows that are never fed GMO grains or any grains for that matter. They even test for over 40 pesticides to ensure this is the purest bone broth protein on the market. These bones are slow simmered to extract as much collagen protein as possible. They don't use any chemicals or solvents, just good old-fashioned bone broth that's then gently powdered. Now, when we think about bone broth, again, we think about the protein collagen, and there's several key amino acids in there, including glycine, proline, and hydroxyproline, and those help to, to reduce the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles and help reduce cellulite. They're also critical for anti-aging as they help regenerate bones and help muscle and support heart health. Studies have shown eating bone broth soup on a regular basis can increase fullness, reduce your calorie intake, and lead to weight loss over time. And the amino acid glycine is really important for good sleep. In fact, a three-gram dose of glycine improves sleep by lowering body temperature and boosting serotonin levels, which is a key precursor to melatonin. And it does that without causing daytime drowsiness. Each serving of 100% grass-fed beef bone broth protein contains 15 grams of collagen protein and 3.4 grams of glycine. So you get that critical amount. So to get the Paleo Valley bone broth protein, just go to paleovalley.com 
forward slash DR Jockers and use the coupon code Jockers to save 15% off your order today. You guys are going to love this. So try it out today. Again, go to paleovalley.com forward slash DR Jockers. Use the coupon code Jockers at checkout to save 15% off your order. If we're going to be healthy in the 21st century, we have got to keep inflammation under control. Inflammation is literally the root cause of all the different degenerative chronic health conditions, things like Alzheimer's, heart disease, Parkinson's disease, cancer, diabetes. These are all characterized by chronic inflammation. And so I went ahead and I interviewed some of the top experts in the world when it comes to inflammation and I actually created a summit. It was called the Chronic Inflammation Summit. We hosted it in May of 2021. You may have listened, you may not have, but I wanted to share some of my favorite interviews on this podcast. And this is one of them. You guys are going to get so much value out of this podcast. And if you know anybody that's struggling with any sort of chronic health conditions, maybe they have pain in their body, digestive issues, autoimmunity, cancer, heart disease, diabetes, brain issues, please share this podcast with them. It can literally change and save their lives. And if you haven't already, take a moment and leave us a five-star review. Your reviews help us reach more people and impact more lives. Thanks so much for doing that. And let's go into the show. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the summit. We're talking about chronic inflammation, really the root cause of chronic disease. And we're going to talk a lot about the microbiome in this interview. We're going to talk about candida overgrowth and how that can impact our gut and drive up brain inflammation. So we have got an expert on candida and the microbiome, Donna Gates, and she is an international best-selling author of The Body Ecology Diet, Recovering Your Health and Rebuilding Your Immunity, and the Body Ecology Guide to Growing Younger, Anti-Aging Wisdom for Every Generation. For the last 25 years, she's been on a mission to change the way the world eats. Her first book, The Body Ecology Diet, which I read back in 2005, it was uh, while I was in graduate school and it was very pinnacle in my health journey and, and really um, revolutionizing my own health. And so this book introduced the world to a sugar-free, gluten-free, casein-free, and probiotic-rich diet and way of life that is now followed by tens of thousands of people around the world. And this book is the first book that I really read about things like stevia, which most of the people that are listening here are using probably. Uh, it was kind of the first book, I think, that really touched on that. So it was really... Um, it was a really revolutionary book in natural health world. And so it's an honor to have Donna on this summit. So Donna, welcome. Thank you so much, David, for even asking me to be on the summit. And when you said I could talk about anything I wanted, I was really excited. And by the way, I just want you to know, I've been following your work for years because I'm so impressed with the quality of, of the information and the newsletters and your infographics. I guess that's what they're called. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful artwork on your articles and very, you know, they really educate people well. So you're a real master and I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful that you asked me to do this. Well, thank you so much, Donna. That's really an honor. I didn't know that you were following my work. So I appreciate mm -hmm. that. You know, yeah. great minds think alike and we all we all uh, grow together, right? So that's really what it's about. So mm -hmm. we're going to talk a little bit about candida. And I know in your original book, Body Ecology Diet, you went, you really dove deep on candida. This is something you've studied for a long time. Many people have heard about it, but let's talk about what candida is, how it impacts our body, how it can drive up inflammation in our system. 
Well, well, first of all, David, um, even though Dr. William Crook years ago with his partner, Orion Trust, developed, you know, they, they came out into the world, Dr. Crook especially, and started, he had written a book called The East Connection. And previous to that, I had, I had candidiasis. You know, I went to a well-meaning dermatologist when I was 15, started on antibiotics, used them for years to have clear skin. He put me on antibiotic. I mean, uh, birth control pills were incredibly, too, way too much. I mean, many of the women who took that dosage died of breast cancer and also I, uh, I, I, that was my, my journey in a sense to be you know, developing candidiasis. And, and that is the a path that many, many women take all over the world. They use antibiotics, they take them on the birth control pill and they end up with candidiasis and they don't even know it. So I knew something was wrong with me, had no idea what, and I started on this long journey trying everything you could do. I won't even go into that. But when I met Dr. Crook, um, you know, he said to me, I don't think, well, we had this great conversation at the Natural Products Expo. He was launching his book and I got to sit with him outside for a while and he said, you know, we don't think there's an answer to this, that there's a cure for it. And I thought, oh, I think there's a cure for everything. I'm going to go find it. And that's how I started developing, trying, drawing all these people to me with candidiasis and teaching about it and then developing the diet. And then I wrote that book, which took four years to do and put it out there. And the Body Ecology Diet book really is a diet for candidiasis. But Body Ecology is bigger than that. It's based on seven universal principles and, um, you know, people, no matter what they have, they always benefit on that diet. And you'll soon see why. The candidiasis is a huge issue. And I think people are, even your most educated and expert clinicians that are helping people are, are just totally unaware of candidiasis and what it is and what it does and how pervasive it is. So you can, I had recently had a great doctor who treats mold. He told me uh, that on all the on, on almost every, everybody who comes to met him does an organic acid test and he sees a ravenous elevated right. on every test and he so he's discounted it. He's decided it's false because everybody has it, but but he, everybody does have it. And so I'd really like to you know hopefully that becomes clear to everybody. I actually um, created a PowerPoint, which I'd like to share in a minute, but um, I did want to say something because this is a summit about inflammation, obviously wow. chronic inflammation, which is an extremely important topic, especially it's very front and center in people's minds today. Healthcare practitioners are really into inflammation and chronic inflammation. So Candida is playing a major role in lifelong chronic inflammation and it affects the brain. So that, that I want to point out, I'm going to make that very clear, but, you know, David Perlmutter wrote a book called Brainwash and, yeah. and, and I was, I learned something important in when I, when I read the book. So basically what he's saying is that if you have brain inflammation, what you can do an MRI and scan that person's brain and you will notice that there's a disconnect between the prefrontal cortex and the amygdala amygdala, that bit part of the brain. So the prefrontal, prefrontal cortex, I definitely talk too fast, I get too excited. So the prefrontal cortex, um, it's the reasoning part of your brain. You know, it says, 
uh, right now it's telling me to slow down and not talk so fast, but um, you're, you know, it's, it's the part of your brain that has empathy, that thinks of other people that, uh, well, for example, let's say you're sitting on an airplane and it's about to take off and this thought that the plane might crash pops in your mind. And then the prefrontal cortex says, no, it's not. Most planes never crash. Millions of people travel all, every day and mm -hmm. nobody crashes. So that's your reasoning mind uh, controlling basically your fearful part. The, the amygdala is about fear. It's a very selfish, narcissistic part of the brain. Um, it's where anger, you know, people get very mm -hmm. angry. You see a whole lot of that in the world right now. Like people yeah. are really functioning out of their amygdala and they're not even, the prefrontal True. cortex isn't working. Okay, so this is what David Perlmutter said that I think is so important for people to understand. If you have inflammation in your brain for whatever reason, there's a disconnect between these two parts of the brain, the prefrontal cortex and the amygdala. Hmm. So you're not thinking straight. You're, you're impulsive, for example. And let's say, and he said, and I totally agree with this because for years I've thought, why do we provide people all this amazing information? It's out there. You know that very well. Yeah. And I've been putting it out there for decades. And so why is the whole world not doing it? Uh, even when I work with families with autism, I really had the answers. And we got a whole bunch of kids well for the first time ever. And so you think people would be flocking to the door for answers. But so I'd say, why don't we have willpower to do these things? Why can't we lose weight? Why can't we you know, stay in a good healthy diet before we get pregnant or age or eat so we age well. Why? And so this is an important explanation because that amygdala, that disconnect between these two parts of the brain are functioning when there's chronic inflammation in the brain. Mm. So I think that's something really important for people to ponder on. I, I think that in these summits, especially right now, because, you know, a lot of the information that we're trying to put out in the internet is being censored for all of us. Yeah. So, you know, these summits are going to maybe be one of the last places to get the best information. Mm -hmm. But, you know, so many times you need to hear these more than one time because, you know, you might say, okay, got that, but you don't really have the time to think it through. The reality is that so many people, we are very hyper vigilant and anxiety is through mm -hmm. the roof. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, we're reactive and irritable and a lot of those types of things when it's kind of this obsessive type of, uh, type of mentality that we're not able to control those emotions. Yeah. That mm -hmm. is a sign of brain inflammation. I've always said that if we can really clean up people's metabolic health and get inflammation down, that honestly will significantly reduce domestic violence, uh, child abuse, mm -hmm. right? I mean, th mm -hmm. the worst things in the world will all reduce significantly if we can get inflammation under control because people can use that frontal lobe. So this is really, really key. And they'll realize that they use, you, you tap into that frontal lobe, you realize, yeah, I'm frustrated about this, but it's not worth being violent, right? It, I need to mm -hmm. shut it down, mm -hmm. right? And that's if your prefrontal cortex is able to right. shut it down. But what David says is that that because brain inflammation, eat, stopping it. Brain inflammation, all this, you know, stress, not yep. sleeping well. That's playing a huge role, all of that. And so we are not able to connect 
Some of us right. are obviously better at it, but some aren't. So, um, but that willpower thing is really important too. Like a lot yeah. of people think, what's wrong with me? I've decided I'm going to do this. And three days later, I'm already uh, off in the wrong direction. And so then we blame ourselves. So we're not thinking about brain inflammation yeah. causing the, a lack of willpower. So I think mm. that's a really important thing that he brought out. I think that's the main message of his whole entire book, if people want to yeah. read it. Um, but um, so I have something important to add to what you just said. I was going to say it at the end, but maybe I should say it now. So, you know, another thing, too, is that neurotransmitters are made in the brain. They're used in the brain. And then there's a whole bunch of all the neurotransmitters are made in the gut and they're used throughout yeah. the whole body. But um, so the candida that we're going to be talking about actually affects neurotransmitters. And then that affects our mood. Serotonin, for example, look at all the anxiety and the depression. Um, these neurotransmitters are really harmed by brain inflammation. And I just want to give you an example of one uh, example, you know, just one example. So let's say you have candidiasis in your body. And this, by the way, happens with autistic kids all the time. Um, so, so there's a amino acid tryptophan that yeah. goes on down this pathway into you know, serotonin, 5-HTP, ultimately into melatonin so we can fall asleep. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's one path, that's the tryptophan pathway. It can go another direction though, down the chirinin pathway mm -hmm. and ultimately end up as quinolinic acid. Mm -hmm. And because I've been able to fortunately, well, I'll use this example. I had a little boy, his dad called me from, I think Ireland or Scotland years ago. And they never slept because he was, they never slept. I mean, he was wired and he was up all night long and everything. And so they had done an organic acid test yeah. and they, he was on Nystatin and then did another organic acid test. And the first one showed he had high quinolinic acid, mm. but when he was on Nystatin, he didn't have high quinolinic acid because the nystatin was suppressing the candida infection. But then they decided to take him off after several months because it doesn't cure. Nystatin doesn't cure. It only suppresses. So they they took him off and another organic acid test came along and it was high again. Yeah. So, and again, um, quinolinic acid is that marker of brain inflammation that you can find on an organic acid or urine test that mm -hmm. you can do at home. Yep. I mean, you can take it home and do it. I guess you could do it in your doctor's office. But yeah. people, I personally use Great Plains. Yeah, that's them. what I like to use too. My team uses that. Perfect. Okay, so so just to go into that a little bit more. Um, so so let's say that this pathway is screwed up. The tryptophan to serotonin and melatonin pathway is screwed up and, and it goes the wrong way. Well, then um, let's see, it's it's you don't sleep well. So that's mm -hmm. one factor because you're not, and you'll be depressed. Yeah. You actually made all these long Because it's blocking your ability to produce serotonin and convert into melatonin. So you're not mm -hmm. getting that key exactly. sleep hormone. And melatonin yeah. really helps detoxify and de-inflame the brain. So, you know, if you're yeah. not getting melatonin, yeah. you're also not going to be able to detox the brain. Mm -hmm. Very good point. So I just want to, I wrote these notes down about quinolinic acid. So I'd remember to say them. Though it's affecting the hippocampus part mm. of the brain and that's your long-term memory so you're going to be have you know you're going to feel like gosh my brain's not working i've got alzheimer's yeah. or something and it also affects spatial processing 
Now, it increases glutamate and free radicals in the brain, the quinolinic acid does. It, um, there's a substantial increase of the tau protein, which you'll find in Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and so on, dementia. And it also decreases glutathione in the brain, which is a big wow. deal. It's a really, really big deal. And then, um, so it, it causes cell death, which is not so big deal. And then, um, so, so, so if you have yeast in the gut, you are going to, which you can see on the organic te acid test, yeast mm -hmm. and mold and so on, you're going to have um, hot lipo, let's see, LPS. And the LPS yeah. is actually inducing the quinolinic acid. So that's another factor. It's coming from the gut. Uh, and, you know, often the problem is in the gut. You have systemic candidiasis, yes, throughout the body, but it's also in the gut. Uh, maybe that's where it always starts too. So what was interesting, you're going to have increased locomotion. So this little boy I was telling you about, he was like so hyperactive and you're going to, um, so, and it's especially persistent, that locomotion, especially persistent at night. So these parents try to go to sleep and they've got a little boy who's up all night long, super hyperactive. He, so you know, I told him, suggested what to do and put him on the diet. And on six weeks later, he called me back and he was said he was, they were so grateful because finally they had their first night sleep. Mm. So that that's because we're dealing with the infection that's causing, yeah. you know, this inflammation. So anyway, let me share my screen because I, I, yeah, I try to put things in a PowerPoint so I could remember to say it. Well, so as I just said, candida can be systemic, running throughout the whole entire body. With cancer, you will always find it systemic. Diabetes, all these conditions, when they do autopsies, candida is always present, always. And um, but they can be can, candidiasis can be in local areas, like very commonly in the ears, sinus, the and the, uh, the vagina, the gut, and the skin probably the most common places we see it. And so what is it? Well, basically it's it's a member of the fungus family. It isn't fungus, it's its own special species, but um, molds are also in that category, but mold and candida are not the same. I just wanted to clear that up because people don't, don't understand when you say, well, it's a fungus. Well, mold is a fungus too, but they're two separate things. And so um, it's naturally present in the gut, it's very um, easily killed by antibiotics, but by stress. Um, there's just a lot of things we're doing today, especially a bad diet. So we, we kill the good bacteria and then yeast is much more hardy and it grows up and dominates the environment. It causes inflammation on the gut wall, it makes it very permeable, and then it can like move on through into the body and become systemic. So it's found everywhere. And even though you, they don't really see yeast in the brain. They definitely see yeast toxins in the brain. So um, uh, why, you know, what are some of the causes? Well, a high sugar diet. Um, this is a really interesting thing I discovered when I was working with kids with autism because, you know, they might, their mother may have one child with autism, but she's afraid to have another one. And um, right. so you know, helping them become pregnant and feeling like it's really safe, staying on the diet during the pregnancy was really important to do. But 
when a woman becomes pregnant, her estrogen goes up. We'll see what that does. And then her progesterone goes up. And then the yeast become really, it becomes an acute infection because she's already got it in her body. And maybe she's got it kind of under control, um, but maybe not. And so now it becomes very acute. And Pat said that acute infection is actually passed on to the baby. So that's a really important thing to understand. I think all women in part of their preparation for pregnancy must be on an anti-candida diet. They must eliminate sugar and do all the things I'm about to explain so they don't pass it on to their child or they will pass it on no matter what, even if they are eating right because of that progesterone and estrogen feeding, but you can throw it off right away. And that's what we've been teaching for years, establish that microbiome give the baby even juice of fermented vegetables to dilute it or of the coconut kefir, put a little bit of good bacteria in there, give them infantis, ensure that that microbiome is set into place because that's going to be how you're going to, the baby's going to throw off that infection. And it's well worth doing that because you're talking about advanced brain development. They're, they grow prettier, uh, more beautiful children. They're happy children. That's one thing all of our parents say is that uh, other parents stop them and say, he's so focused. And, you know, they're in like guitar class, or what do you call it? The little babies are all trying to play this little tiny guitar. And the one child on the body culture diet that's is eating right, basically has that healthy microbiome is really kind of focused where the rest of them are looking all around the room. So there's a significant uh, I mean, a reason for, for doing this, but also you have to do it to throw off this infection. Now, um, so if your immune system is weak, that's gonna let uh, the candidiasis flourish. Stress, of course, does. Uh, the birth control fuels it. Uh, if a person's estrogen dominant, because they're, well, in their, around by the mid forties, women begin to, uh, the, the first hormone that drops in women or it could even be low in a teenager. The first hormone that drops really is progesterone. That then she becomes estrogen dominant. That's also causing uh, the yeast to flare up. So if they're taking antibiotics or also steroids, this is important too. Steroids. I'm going to tie this into the long haulers and COVID in a little while. <clears throat> so estrogen dominance is something men can have too, and. Um, uh, you know, the way we eat and all can create estrogen dominance. So, and then a whole lot of people um, drink alcohol and that's really bad. <laughs> um, now you sort of tend to think this problem is a woman's problem, but there's absolutely an issue with men and they'll have toenail fungus or jock itch. I see a lot of young men, you know, scratching their jock. And then I think, oh, it's definitely got yeast. And should I tell, should I bring it up? <laughs> They have no clue whatsoever. And then if they're in a sexual relationship, they're passing it back and forth. So it's not going to go away. Um, it's not a good thing. But with babies, you're going to, signs of it when they're born is cradle cap. Um, that's because their yeast deplete the body of biotin. It also depletes the body of taurine. But the, bio, the lack of biotin causes cradle cap mm -hmm. and causes dandruff. So, um, so those are some things that show up in babies, cradle cap thrush in the mouth. Uh, and then, you know, lots of men have jock itch and dandruff. Um, so, okay, so one of the things I like for people to understand is that candida causes significant DNA damage. Now, I've been into genes for a while. 
and looking at people's genes and you know helping them get healthier by looking at nutritional gen genomics, for example. Well, what people don't realize is that when we do bad things or we have infections in the body, we are damaging our DNA. That's why we age. And that is why we develop cancer. You know, in functional medicine, we're always saying, well, what's behind that? What's behind that? Let's get to the root cause here. DNA damage is getting to the root cause. And that's exactly what um, candida and mold and uh, parasites that we all have done in our gut, um, they are causing that DNA damage. Toxins in the food we're eating or that we're breathing in the water and all, they're causing DNA damage. And so the, the cells will die or they'll become mutants and that's how we get the cancer. Now, I mentioned before alcohol. Okay, so, so one of the things that, so as I mentioned that the yeast don't get in the brain, but they are secreting some couple of really nasty toxins that do get into the brain. One of them is acetaldehyde. And a lot of people are aware that, you know, they drink alcohol, it converts into um, acetaldehyde. And if we've got the right genes, we can turn that into something harmless or, you know, it's not, it doesn't stay as acetaldehyde. It becomes, uh, so ethanol becomes um, acetaldehyde and then we break that down and then, you know, gets out of our body. But so alcohol is creating acetaldehyde. Chronic brain inflammation uh, is what comes from the alcohol, like, I mean, the acetaldehyde, what is it doing? Well, it's literally creating brain inflammation. So if you're drinking, you've just created a whole bunch of inflammation in the, your brain, and that's why you're behaving weird. Um, it literally disconnects the prefrontal cortex from the, the amygdala that I explained in the beginning. So don't drink. It's really, really bad and it feeds yeast. Now, the other really nasty toxin is called gliotoxin. It's affecting the brain, but more than that, it's suppressing the immune system. And mold produces gliotoxin also. Only yeast produce the acetaldehyde, but the mold produce the, um, the, the, the aspergillus. So, so the candida will produce the acetaldehyde mm -hmm. and the gliotoxin, right? Yeah, so yeah. And what when you have that candida does, overgrowth, it's almost like especially if you have leaky gut and candida overgrowth, it's almost like a form of alcohol poisoning that can be affecting your brain. You know, that's funny because um, years ago, they started arresting people in Japan who were drunk, yeah. seriously drunk. They were like, couldn't even function to get home and all. But then they found out that they weren't, they didn't not necessarily have that much alcohol to drink. They just had serious yeast infections. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, so many, so much to say about this, but this suppression of the immune system is serious because if you're trying to overcome it, overcome the yeast infection, you can't. It's very, the yeast infection is very, very clever at staying alive. They do everything they can to make your blood acidic and suppress your immune system. They change forms so the immune system can't see it. So going back to what Dr. Crook said, uh, we don't think he, there's a cure for this, I've come full circle and there's not a cure for this. You can control it as best you can. So anyway, uh, we do have these, so we're talking about DNA damage. Well, we have these genes that are called DNA repair genes, but they don't work very well. Uh, there's 169 of them, but there's lots of reasons that they don't work. Like for example, when the immune system's weak, 
if you've got this chronic inflammation in your body and in your brain, your DNA can't repair itself. And so, um, when, you know, so everybody talks about toxins like mercury and, you know, pesticides and all, but I have been for years really focused on the toxins that we naturally make, the endogenous toxins, and there's so many of them. A systemic yeast infection, these, the gliotoxin, the acetaldehyde, these are uh, serious um, toxins that we're producing inside the body called endogenous toxins. Mm -hmm. To me, they're way worse than all the other toxins out there. And so um, here's an example. Some of them are called superoxide, hydrogen peroxide, ammonia. Um, so, and also there are genes that help negate superoxide, negate hydrogen peroxide, negate ammonia. Uh, ammonia is made in the ATP cycle, and it's also made in what's called the CBS cycle, uh, turning into glutathione. But when you've got variants along the way in any of these genes, you know, you're not repairing your DNA. So when the cell's real damaged, it becomes senescent. It's one thing it can, one thing it can do is become senescent. So it just hangs out there and it's toxic and not doing anything good. Or it can commit suicide, which is great. Apoptosis, we want to get rid of it. Or it can become a tumor with this unregulated cell growth. So these DNA repair genes are important, but they're not working for us. And what do they do? Well, this is one of the most famous DNA repair genes called CERT, CERT, the CERT gene. So there's seven of them. So CERT1, CERT3, those two are really especially research for aging, but they're regulators. Um, they regulate aging, calorie restriction and time-restricted feeding help them work better. Um, they regulate you know, apoptosis where the cell just dies. They regulate inflammation. These genes really have to work they regulate the immune response. They control our circadian rhythm. They're controlling all the clocks that are in every cell in the body, including the master, the master clock in the brain, which isn't gonna work right if you've got brain inflammation. They control how the cells respond to stress and they respond to, so two good things for them uh, is NAD and resveratrol. And so I, a lot of times tell people for one of the really good supplements to take is niacinamide. Two, three times a day are gonna help uh, these genes. Uh, so, so this is information on how to increase the sirtuins. You wanna, they found that the polyphenols that you get in your bitter vegetables, olive oil, dark chocolate, curcumin, ginger, ginseng, and dark berries are um, help, you know, help the sirtuins work better. And coffee and tea too, They're, they have polyphenols. And so, you know, all foods have a front and a back. Like, Chocolate is super high in oxalates, and I, I don't recommend that to most people. I'm going to tell you something in a minute about that, about oxalates. But um, your your um, so all foods have a front and a back side, and but anyway, these curcumin is a really great supplement to take. It, it modulates these sirtuins, and so curcumin, DHA, zinc, melatonin, NAD plus, which, which is that. Those are good supplements to take. Uh, there's a, um, I just put a really good uh, link to a great article that's out on the in internet that goes into, if you want to know more about sirtuins and you're a practitioner, you should know more about them. This is a good website to go to. Now, can it be cured? I already said no, not, not can be cured. <laughs> but you can 
treat, there's a, you have to treat it and you can bring it under control. You know, you're managing it, but you have to be real conscientious about it because at any moment, the yeast can go from a sort of a low level in your body to flare up and become totally controlling everything. So diet is absolutely key and you have to build the immune system. The diet's gonna help you rebuild the immune system. The diet's gonna also take out anti-inflammatory foods, sugars that are um, you know, feeding the yeast. And so if you're gonna rebuild the immune system, it's about sleep, it's about controlling stress and it's about having a healthy gut. Um, diet again is absolutely essential. You cannot possibly even begin to have the slightest little improvement in your candidiasis if you aren't on an antifungal diet, which is what body ecology is. Um, so here's something else that I want to mention. Obviously, body ecology is low sugar. It's a probiotic diet. So it's got those healthy uh, fermented foods that are going to build put bacteria back in the gut and build the immune system. But yeast produce oxalates. Now, more and more people, thank God, are finally talking about oxalates. It's a huge problem in the autism community. And we recognized that years ago. These kids are so sensitive to oxalates that at first people didn't quite understand why. But um, then eventually it was understood that yeast produce oxalates, they have an enzyme that take collagen and they make oxalates out of that. And then also they're, they're just cranking out these oxalates 24 seven and oxalates are dangerous. They um, are found in plants, only in plants, not in animal proteins. They, um, they're in the plants, they're like tiny little shards, microscopic shards of glass. They're in there so that the insects won't eat all the plants, so we have them to eat. But um, they, and there's a microbe in our gut that nature puts there called Oxalobacter formigenes. And his only job is to sit there and eat oxalates in those plant foods. But if you've taken antibiotics, he's gone permanently forever. It doesn't ever come back. And so he's not there eating the oxalates. So they get in to, uh, so the oxalates along with the yeast are causing all this inflammation in the gut causing uh, an inflamed and permeable gut lining. So these oxalates get into the body and they cause havoc everywhere. They, they cause um, just, that's like, I know we don't have time for that, but please yeah. people look into oxalates. It's so critical. And people right now are eating all these foods that are super high in oxalates. So I always tell people, body ecology is also a diet that's very mindful of oxalates and we don't, eat the high oxalate foods. So those would be potatoes, sweet potatoes, Swiss chard and spinach are incredibly off the charts high. Cashews, almonds, look at all the people eating. The kids did this, the moms would make them a lot of almond flour. Mm -hmm. um, they go on the SCD and the GAPS diet, and then, but they still wanted cookies and pancakes and all. So yeah. they make them out of almond flour and then the kids got so sick. I mean, they had, it caused, oxalates caused pain. And they literally had some kids rip their eyes out from the pain in their mm -hmm. eyes. I know when I found, when I discovered that I became, I was sensitive to oxalates, you know, I had a yeast infection for many, many years. And so I know that it can be reactivated very easily. I know not to eat high, high oxalate foods. Like I'm 
you know, pretty aware of it because I know the danger. But if I do eat high oxalate foods, which I don't, I actually get eye pain. And then, mm. but what I did discover, it took me a while to figure this out because I get this eye pain. And I thought, well, I didn't eat any high oxalate foods today. But I was taking supplements that were maybe good for killing yeast, like black seed oil, for example, or a lot of the um, Chinese herbs that are really good for building energy, you know, helping with adrenal fatigue and all. Um, they are very, very high in oxalates. And I love the concept, but you have to alter everything if you have yeast, at least for a while. Um, and, then, and then have small amounts. So, so I also think that the ideal diet is mindful of the high histamine foods and you eliminate those too. So they yeast, when they're in your body, take certain amino acids and they turn, for example, arginine and ornithine, which are really important for nitric oxide. They're important for growth hormone and everything, but they turn those amino acids, if they're in the gut, into uh, a, a nasty substance called bio, uh, called putrescine. And it's another biogenic amine, like histamine is, by the way, putrescine is. And um, then also um, they take the tryptophan that we're eating in our food and they make something called indican. And that, that's not so bad, but it is a marker of poor protein digesting, digestion. Um, so you have to eat, the diet has to be very mineral rich, very alkalizing. You wanna eat your cruciferous vegetables because they're gonna help control that estrogen that's gonna be too high because the yeast are producing it. I just want to interrupt this podcast and take a moment and tell you about the importance of electrolytes. We all need electrolytes in order to produce energy, in order for our nervous system to function well on a daily basis. And most people are just not getting enough electrolytes, especially when they start on a low carb ketogenic style diet or if they're doing intermittent fasting. And this is because when you go on a low carb diet or if you're practicing fasting, you get a big drop in insulin. And insulin's job is to actually cause you to retain sodium and other electrolytes. And so you actually start urinating them out. So when you're on a low carb diet, you're burning fat for fuel, but you need more electrolytes. In fact, there's a condition called the keto flu. And this is where people feel really bad when they start on a low carb keto style diet or if they start doing intermittent fasting and they don't have the electrolytes to support them. This is why I'm a huge fan of Element. It's L-M-N-T, it's the name of the company. And they contain a science-backed electrolyte ratio. That means 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, 60 milligrams of magnesium, no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, none of that stuff. You know, the average sports drink has 260 milligrams of sodium. That's not enough. 65 milligrams of potassium. That's a really low amount. They don't have magnesium. And the average sports drink has 29 grams of sugar. That's gonna spike your blood sugar and your insulin levels. Element, again, has 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium. No sugar. It's flavored with stevia. And right now, as a member of our community, Element has a very special offer for you you can get a free sample pack of seven different packets 
of each flavor. They have great flavors, citrus, raspberry, watermelon, orange. Again, all flavored with stevia, all natural sweetener. It's not gonna impact your blood sugar. They also have an unflavored. So if you're not into that, or if you don't do well with stevia, you get the unflavored as well. But you can get the sample pack now for free and you only cover the cost of shipping, which is roughly $5. Just go to the site, drink, element so drink lmnt.com forward slash dr jockers again that's drink lmnt.com forward slash dr jockers to get your free sample pack of element again element is a healthy alternative to sugary electrolyte drinks each grab-and-go stick pack replaces essential electrolytes with no sugar no coloring no artificial ingredients or any other junk. Guys, try this out. You're gonna see a big jump in your energy and your performance. I mean, if you're a high-level athlete, you need electrolytes, try this out today. So um, I've been really out there for, I know carnivore is popular and a lot of people eating a lot of meat. They feel better on it maybe, but you really need to have a diet for numerous reasons that's more, that does introduce these healthy plants and keeping the vegetables, 80% vegetables, 20% animal protein. So we don't do real high protein in body ecology. And so not, not with yeast, not with mold in your gut or in your body, because they are converting these amino acids into these toxic byproducts. So, so carnivore, I don't, I don't quite understand how people are getting by with carnivore. Uh, no, the animal protein is not feeding the yeast like sugar is, but I feel like in time there's going to be a price to be paid, but maybe I'm wrong on that. Uh, Time-restricted feeding is really important, so I tell people don't, um, like me, I have an eight-hour feeding window, which isn't very hard mm -hmm. to do. I don't have an yeah. appetite in the morning. Maybe I did once, I don't now, and I don't think I ever did really, so I, I won't get hungry till. 11, 30, 12, maybe even one if I'm busy. And then I'm going to finish eating by eight o'clock. Mm -hmm. So um, that's an eight hour feeding window. And that's ideal because the rest of the time you're practicing time restricted feeding. And, you know, I have one large meal a day. I think that's a good idea, a good idea, a lighter meal at dinner time. Uh, and, and if you're for your protein, tend to have it midday before two o'clock because you're going to sleep better at night. So you know how extremely uh, what a big problem histamine is right now. Like everybody is talking about histamine yeah. and they're going on these low histamine diets and uh, they can't eat anything, which is not good, but it is a major source of inflammation. So I wanted to just say something about that. Um, there's an enzyme in our gut called the DAO enzyme and it isn't working for our people. Why? Because candidiasis suppresses this enzyme it's so it can't degrade the histamine. Um, and also uh, there's, you know, that, that there's a gene called AOC1. That's the gene that produces the DAO enzyme. If you've got a high levels of estrogen, which you're going to with candida, that high estrogen actually suppresses the DAO enzyme and candida suppressing it too. So, that's something people need to know about if they're uh, trying to avoid these high histamine foods and they're not dealing with this, addressing the uh, candida, 
candida in the gut, they're never going to get, I don't care. I don't care how long they're going to stay in a high histamine diet. They'll never get, they'll never get healthy. So, um, so now another thing too, is a lot of people are, are overweight. They are fat. They have fat cells. I know that's supposed to be ugly to say this person, people are fat, but it is the fat cells that are producing estrogen also. And, and then believe it or not, this is something I was really surprised to learn coffee suppresses this enzyme. So Mm. if you're going to drink coffee, have it on an empty stomach. Maybe it's the first after drink, uh, get up in the morning and drink water and a lot of minerals and get your body more alkalized. Um, maybe you have a little um, apple cider vinegar in the water, but hydrate and alkalize, then have the coffee. Donna, is it the, uh, is it the caffeine in the coffee or is it the, uh, polyphenols or no it's the caffeine mm-hmm. it's, it's caffeine. caffeine okay mm-hmm. so yeah caffeine suppresses I it. should change that slide to david and say caffeine but because so get possibly like a decaf or a low lower cat you know like some brands yeah. you get like a lower yeah. caffeine amount might, might work point. better yeah yeah thanks for saying that and also with coffee it's important uh to consider mold because a lot of coffee has mycotoxins too absolutely so, yeah, yeah. I know Dave Asprey, um, his coffee, yeah. you know, he prides himself, but Ben Greenfield's got a mold-free one too. That's what you need yeah. to do. And then um, and then there's gene, there's a gene called um CYP, which means it's in the liver, and it's um CYP1A2. So I, I actually have a copy of that gene, and people like me, and there's lots of us, we we break the caffeine down very slowly. So you want to mm. have your coffee because it does have some benefits. Lots of research showing that some coffee is good. You don't want to have coffee yeah. when you're pregnant. It's too stimulating to the baby. And you may feel terrible on coffee, so just avoid it. But if you love the taste, yeah. and it's a habit, you know, um, you can tell if you stay wired long after you drank some. Um, yeah, Donna, I found for me, I, I wore a uh, continuous blood glucose monitor. And oh, that's so smart. Yeah, and I noticed that 50 milligrams of coffee or of caffeine... I do great with, I thrive, but if I have like a hundred milligrams, so the average cup of coffee that most people yeah. are drinking is like 150, 200 milligrams. So if I have 50, that's like the sweet spot for me. But when I had more than that, my blood sugar was way up and I had like more cravings mm. and things like that. So sometimes- Are you saying, David, you're saying just a half a cup then? You can't even drink a full cup? Yeah, or? so exactly. So, um, you know, basically- uh, if I do a low, like about a half a cup and I water it down, you know, so to, to make it like mm-hmm. a, like a full cup, but yeah, that seems to work best for me. Mm-hmm. It's like a sweet spot for me. I wonder if you'd try this, like, you know, oatmeal, it's very creamy, but it's dairy free. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you, instead of watering it down, you actually put in some oat milk, see what that does. I'm curious. The other thing I often tell people is take theanine with a coffee. Theanine. You know what I do is I take magnesium. Yeah. I actually have, have put magnesium L3 and 8 actually in my coffee. And uh, that seems uh, to work really well too. That. Yeah. Yeah. But you're you know right. What? Theanine That's- would be good too. Would you remember at the end, because I have a slide on supplements and theanine yeah. and L3 and H should definitely be on that slide. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk I about that. I forgot to mention yeah. that I was t- making this. Pre- I got up at 630 to do this. So <laughs> anyway, there's parasites. There's a parasite that's really yeah. common. It's called blastocystis hominis. Mm-hmm. And it disables nitric oxide. And we really need nitric 
oxide. It's a very important for healthy gut. It's really important for a healthy immune system. And that particular common parasite that we can find in our gut is actually breaking down uh, the arginine. So it can't make, can't make uh, nitric oxide. And then you get gut permeability and you have a histamine reaction. So blastocystis ominous causes a histamine problem. So check for, if you're dealing with histamine problems and you can't seem to get over it, check for candida, check for mold, check for uh, blastocystis hominis. And I think, I know, I think even oats does blastocystis hominis, isn't it, David? Isn't, I think that's- um, The oat does not test for blastocystis hominis, but you can get like a GI map stool analysis, mm, great test, a PCR test. Mm -hmm. We'll look for the genetic mm -hmm. material of a blastocystis hominis. And you're right, I see that often, it's very common. Yeah, 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 good. <laughs> Thanks for adding that. Now, um, there's another gene related to histamine called HNMT. So there's two uh, histamine genes, DAO in the gut. Well, actually the genes, there's DAO uh, enzyme, but the gene has actually got a different name, AOC1. And the reason I did that is there is another DAO gene, but that gene is about bipolar and schizophrenia. And so they changed the name of this, this particular gene to AOC1. So there are two to look at uh, to see if you are at risk for producing more histamine. And that, that the one that you know is more about histamine inside the cell in the body is called HNMT. If you're checking your DNA, you know, your 23andMe or something, or, or um, I'm a big um, fan of um, Joe, Cohen's, um, his tep his DNA kit and everything is self decode. Yeah. It's real easy to find these genes if you have that particular, um, if you get the results from that. The other thing though, in case people have never tied in the histamine with a leaky gut, you know, um, so when, when you have more histamine in the gut, then there's an increase in zonulin. I think everybody knows about that particular protein that opens up those um, tight junk, uh, junctions, yeah. the gut junctions, and then lets in uh, everything bad for you, basically. So There's also yeah, a great test with uh, Dunwoody Labs. They have a intestinal permeability test that will actually look at your histamine, the DAO ratio. Oh, cool. And I didn't know um, that. it's, yeah, it's interesting. Zonulin levels, they look at all of that. Mm. So that's another. Would you say that again? Did it give it's the, the Dunwoody Labs. I believe it's called intestinal permeability test. On my website, mm. we just call it the histamine test because it's looking mm. at histamine, DAO, all that kind of stuff. Usually you can tell based on symptoms, right? If you're eating higher histamine foods, that includes a lot of healthy foods, like even bone broth mm. and fermented mm. foods. And you just don't mm -hmm. feel good. Like normally you drink bone broth you eat sauerkraut, you should feel great, right? Those are really healthy foods. Mm -hmm. But if you're not metabolizing that histamine well, you might feel bad. You might have a headache. You might have hives, you know, um, just feel worse in general. Yeah, and avocado, which we avocado, are- Avocado, um, yeah, you know, exactly. So many. So it's yep. really important for people to look at the foods that are high in histamine. I think avoid those initially while you're working on getting your gut back into health. Well, David, do they, can they take that test on your website? Can they come to you? And yeah. Yep. So you, they can order it off my website. If you just go to the lab testing area and you look for like histamine and test, or if you look up my, my article on histamine intolerance, it's in mm -hmm. there and you can order oh, it. Cool. And um, basically they send you a kit and then you just go and you take that to uh, LabCorp, and they'll, they'll draw your blood. 
Hmm. Wow. Yep. Great. I didn't know that. That's super mm-hmm. great. And, and so the one thing I did say though, about you said many foods, for many foods are also, uh, everybody says, don't eat them if you have SIBO or SIFO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, small intestinal fungal overgrowth, don't eat fermented foods. But there's a big difference between certain fermented foods and the one I do think is safe to eat, and the mm-hmm. only one I think is safe to eat. And so you wouldn't want to have kombucha, you wouldn't want to have wine, yeah. you wouldn't have beer and all, because they're very live with fermented yeast. And, and then the body already has too much yeast and goes nuts when you eat those foods. It creates a strong autoimmune reaction. But also, um, even we saw these great probiotic liquids that are great for most mm. everybody, but not until if someone has SIBO or CFO, get that under control, get rid yeah. of that bacteria up in the small intestine, and then absolutely introduce the healthy fermented foods because you want a healthy colon so you mm. don't constantly deal with that overgrowth. It'll keep coming back over and over and over again until you've reestablished that microbiome and you have, which they're very important to do. Now, so for years I've been telling people eat fermented vegetables. They, And if you use our starter, when you're making them, they're very rich in plantarum and plantarum's job is to degrade histamine. Mm. So that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, you can take Plantarum is a probiotic too. You have to take a lot of it. And then uh, and plantarum degrades oxalates. Plantarum, uh, if you start eating it and you get a nice healthy amount in your gut and you have to take an antibiotic, uh, most antibiotics don't destroy the plantarum and you're not going to get that overgrowth. So, you know, there's so much misinformation on in the website because people just don't know. Uh, practitioners, they, they can't know. I mean, there's no way you can. Mm. Look, I've been doing this work for more than 25 years. So obviously I can learn a lot of stuff. And so you wouldn't expect anybody to know all that, but I'm so grateful for opportunities like this to share this information because it soon gets out there and people, you know, they're sharing it with each other and practicing. It's important to know this, but um, so you do have to fix the gut. You absolutely. And that means you're going to remove the candida, the the mold, the bacteria, the parasites, you really need to work with a savvy practitioner that's trained in root cause medicine. And then something that I just want to throw in there, because your practitioners will know this, there are biofilms. These, Mm. These yeasts, all of these live in this fortress that they create for themselves. And you absolutely must dissolve that. Like we have a product called, because we're very focused on gut health, called Echo Oxyzyme. And it, that's what it does. It um, dissolves the, the biofilm. But, but a lot of people that have really, really poor gut dysbiosis, we put the special form of magnesium in there to help stimulate peristaltic movement. Mm-hmm. But even then, some people are dissolving the biofilms, not moving them out, and then they start feeling bad. Well, that's where enemas come in. You want to get out that enema bucket and just rinse out what's in that colon right then and there, and you will be uh, you're rinsing out the, um, the they're unleashed like they're out live and out in the environment. You want to rinse them out of there. So that's really important to know. Yeah, and Donna, what are some of the key things you have in your Echo Oxyzyme? It sounds like it's got like some oxygen, maybe magnesium oxide mm-hmm. or something like that, and some enzymes. I know proteolytic enzymes are really good for helping break down uh, biofilms. 
Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And it's a form of magnesium that um, mm -hmm. is different from the other papillin that's out there. And it's uh, yeah. more effective, basically. So, mm. but but then I know I was rushing through this, but I want to get some of the most important things said. But so you definitely have to repair the gut lining. Absolutely. Because yeah. it's going to be really inflamed. And, you know, in functional, in like IFM and A4M, they always talk about the five R's. I think if you mm -hmm. focus on just the three R's, that's good enough. And so for me, they remove the problem makers, uh, identify them and remove them. And then, and that means just getting rid of the biofilms. Then you want to repair the gut lining and then you've got to replace that microbiome, which means probiotics and fermented foods, but as I mentioned before, not, not all fermented foods are good for you. So if you want to, if you, you must repair the gut lining and there's some wonderful products out there, some well-known practitioners are selling them on their website, but go looking for those. I'm in the process of creating one myself, um, but they will have things in them like glutamine, our Vitality Super Green is really good at uh, it's a great, perfect. You want to have no more than 2000 milligrams of glutamine because you don't want that glutamine to convert into glutamate. Remember we talked about earlier about the quinolinic acid. It creates a lot of glutamate, which is a cytotoxin in the brain causing inflammation. And so glutamine, we have Vitality Super Green and our has it in there. And then uh, other really good ones for healing the gut are large arabinolactin, marshmallow root powder, aloe vera extract, slippery elm, licorice. You'll find these commonly used in these gut repairing products. Um, Immunolin is another excellent one that we, we will soon be bringing up our, our own take on that. And then um, you have the healthy vegetables. They're very, very important for healing that gut lining and healthy fats, that the right fats are important for a healthy gut lining too. So I also, am, because I mentioned I'm really into nutritional genomics, I love it when I can look at somebody's genes because I think the supplements that are really supporting those variants, variants or SNPs are, are in the genes when you have a risk for something, risk for diabetes, risk for irritable bowel disease. Um, there's a whole category of genes that tell you if you're gonna be at risk for, for gut problems. Like for example, one of my favorites to check is called FOOT2. And um, so that's the gene um, related to our blood sugar. So like I'm an A, so I secrete A type, a blood sugar called, that's unique to A's. You, uh, David, you look like an O, are you no? Yeah, yeah, I'm an yeah. O positive, yeah. Yeah, so you'll be secreting a different sugar for the O's, mm -hmm. but it's feeding the bacteria in the gut, mm. in, in, the, in the mouth, in the saliva, in the sweat. And that's where we get the, that's how we feed the bacteria in our skin and on our, in our gut and in our mouth and all. Tears, another area. So it's a real important gene. If you're a new mom and you're breastfeeding and you have this gene or your baby has this gene, you're not gonna establish that gut that really healthy microbiome at birth. Um, anyway, it's important to take bifidus. That, that is the bacteria that you need to help that gene. So for every genetic possible variant, there are always fixes for everything. So I, I do just wanna go on record for saying, I think more practitioners need to learn nutritional genomics, at least the basics. I've actually developed a program for that to teach practitioners um, 
you know, like it's kind of going to first and second and third grade because some of the training programs out there aren't complete enough or they're, they're, um, they're, they're not focusing on enough of the genes in a category or uh, anyway, so the, what you do when you see the gene is super, super important. Um, so I've been working on a great program called Butterfly Genomics. That's a training program, basically. Mm, cool. Um, yeah, and so, so you really want to support these genes and the gene variants. And um, so there's going to be a die-off occurring when you start doing the right things, and you're going to feel lousy. And that's why I have told people for years, you need to know how to do enemas. Go to your colon therapist. If you can't afford to go, um, you can easily buy a Kalima board. Now, Dr. Bernard Jensen years ago created the first Kalima board, and then this company improved his very good friends also years ago created a really nice claim board set called, and the company is called Colenz, C-O-L-E-N-Z. Uh, it's like a $350 wonderful tool that will help you get really do much more cleansing than you'll get out of an enema. And I believe with all my heart that there's so many people that can't get well unless they do colon cleansing. So mm. that's like a, yeah. another whole entire long talk. Um, the supplements, let's put the ones you were gonna remind me of. Theanine, yeah. uh, L3 innate. Right, yeah, magnesium yeah. L3 innate. Yep, we talked about that a little bit. Um, I think that was the key one. What else did we mention? Well, okay, so mm, we were talking about theanine too. But oh yeah, also, L theanine, yep. Yeah, so to control the candida, kaolic garlic, to lower that acetaldehyde that's causing that brain inflammation. Yeah. Kaolic, kaolic garlic, in any one of them, they're all good. Uh, they make different, you know, like one for cardiovascular, just get it. And take yeah. two, three times a day. And that's going to help. Would, would something like activated charcoal help with that too, or like a fulvic acid or something like that? Well, if you notice, like, I'm down a little ways down, I have binders. Oh, yeah. Definitely yep. think you need a binder because you yep. are going to have that die off. You want to take the binder uh, away from other things. Like you don't want to, it won't work if you've taken it with your food, it'll bind up nutrients. So uh, on an empty stomach or empty, empty as possible, take the binder. Um, I think berberine is a great, mm. great supplement because it's going to yeah. help control your blood sugar, which you must do. Lots and lots of your most well-known healthcare practitioners are actually taking metformin. I love what you said, David, about getting a glucose monitor, yeah. continuous glucose. I mean, people will have to go to their doctor and get a prescription for that, but that is really enlightening because you might be eating this food that you're sure is low in sugar, but it's spiking your sugar. So it's a wonderful new tool that we have access to. Now, um, you know, so still old fashioned powdiarco tea is great mm. to drink. Yeah. And then um, again, I mentioned time restricted feeding, how critical that is oh, to yeah. do that. And then very often doctors will see that you have candidiasis and the symptoms and they'll put you on nystatin. Well, nystatin works in the gut and it doesn't work throughout the body. Um, it, it does, it doesn't kill, and can, you know, it doesn't get rid of the candida. It only suppresses it. So you really have to use some pretty strong botanicals along with it, yeah. uh, you know, too. So practitioners, again, can help you do this. Um, so 
I think I covered everything. Do you, I- yeah, I thought it was also interesting with taurine as well, which is really key. It's a bile salt. It's an amino acid, plays a role in neurotransmitter mm-hmm. formation, but also as a bile salt too. And um, yeah. when you don't have, when you have like thick sluggish bile, bile is an antiseptic agent in the small intestine. And so when it's not flowing well, you can you can have a greater tendency to have small intestinal fungal and bacterial overgrowth. So um, that's a great thing to add. And taurine, if you look it up, is for the heart and for the brain. And and I have a couple of articles on my website that I think you can just Google taurine. Mm. But one of the things I discovered years ago that no one knows about, but I, you know, in trying to help the kids with autism, taurine, um, the yeast compete for the same spot. You know, taurine is trying to get into the Mm. cell and the yeast come along and block it. People with yeast are deficient in taurine. So what you just mm. said is super important uh, for gut health and yeah. digestion of our fats. And yeah, so I'm glad you added that. Thank you. I yeah, Donna, I mean, this has been a really great presentation, uh, just really eye-opening. And, you know, there are a lot of good things. There's lots of things that you can do to help support these things. You know, talk about histamine. Um, there's also other natural antihistamine things like vitamin C and quercetin that can also be really mm-hmm. helpful. Um, with oxalates, I know citrates can also help. So you can take yeah. like a like a magnesium potassium citrate or something right. like that. Um, Perfect. Yeah. How do you feel about like doing like lemon water or putting like lemon on your foods? Because lemon is a natural source of citrate, lemon and lime. It is. It is. Yeah. Do you think but, that you that, know, can, that can help with oxalate binding? Uh, well, I think it depends. Again, as everything does, because if you're real sensitive to histamine. Yeah you're going to react to that. I'd rather see somebody put a little bit of apple cider vinegar. Mm. It will do the same thing and it helps with the binding. I had another thought too. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Two thoughts. First of all, I mentioned quercetin. If someone has the COMT gene Mm -hmm. and that gene is being expressed, which it is when you're under stress, because what that gene does is you get stressed and your dopamine goes up, adrenaline, noradrenaline, and then it stays up. It doesn't get cleared, doesn't degrade and go back down to where you're mm. calm. Yeah. So um, uh, anyway, quercetin isn't good if you have that gene and you're under stress. So mm. don't take it when you're under stress. The other thing, um, curcumin is fantastic for inflammation yeah. in the body. There's a new curcumin out called brain curcumin. I noticed Daniel Amin has it. I love it. I took it myself. I think everybody should take brain curcumin and uh, now has it too. And probably other companies, but there's the parent company that makes it that everybody's private labeling is long L O N G Vita long. Hmm. So make sure if you see that product that you flip it around and it'll say long Vita, but that those two curcumins, they're, they're way up there at the top of the list for controlling inflammation. So, yeah, I, I love curcumin and uh, resveratrol as well. And you had mentioned that with the CERT pathway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, resveratrol is another great supplement that that works well with that. And, you know, I also see a lot of people that are B6 deficient. And uh, particularly if they're not, you know, like if they have COMT or they're not metabolizing some of these neurotransmitters, zinc and mag, or I'm sorry, yeah. Well, magnesium. zinc can help. Magnesium and, and B6. magnesium is really needed yeah. for that comp gene. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, exactly. And magnesium deficiency is so high. And so magnesium can be really, for a lot of people, that's one of the supplements they take and they like notice it within an hour. They're like, wow, that, that really made a difference. And so, yeah. uh, so that can be really helpful too. 
you know, oh, yeah. Trudy's, Trudy Scott always does her anxiety summit every yes. year. And she's a big, big you know, promote, proponent of, talks a lot about GABA. But that's another important yes. neurotransmitter that is going to be not working if you've got brain inflammation. Right. And again, the quinolinic acid producing the glutamate, there's actually a gene, uh, GAG1. And if you have a variant there, you're not going to convert your glutamate into GABA. Mm. And it gets yep. cycled back around, goes around and around. But um, it's so amazingly inter interconnected. interconnected. That's why I wanted to do the PowerPoint because there's no way you're going to remember all this. You've got to kind of go yeah. back and, you yeah, know. Yeah, it really helps having the visual. So, yes. yeah, Donna, this has been a great presentation. Thank you so much for all your time and your energy and your expertise. We really appreciate it. Any last words of inspiration for our audience here? Going back to what David uh, Perlmutter said, is that if you don't have any willpower and you can't lose weight and you can't stick on stay on the diet, you know, it's not you. It's this brain inflammation mm. causing this disconnect between these two parts of your brain. And one of our principles, body ecology is based on seven principles. And one is the principle of uniqueness, which is why I love the gene part of it. But another really important one is step-by-step. Step. So you just can't do all this. You have to pick a couple of things. You know, some things you're already doing, thank God. That's good. You got that in place. But then I love for people to know about the step-by-step. I love for practitioners to know about it because if they follow that, they're going to help the person get well. So the first, uh, so it's kind of like, what do you do when you're trying to get well or get started on something? Well, first focus on creating energy. And that is two things. You, if you're not sleeping, then you won't have energy. Mm. If you're under stress, you're not going to have energy. And um, so, so that's really, really important. And the second thing is you want to... Uh, well, let's see, like, we'll fix the gut. So you want to have a healthy microbiome. So then go right. focusing on that. Of course, you can't sleep very well if you don't have a healthy gut. They're all yeah. kind of related. But, you know, pick something to do because you can't do it all. Oh, yeah. you know what I'm doing? I'm wearing this really cool device. It's new. It's called an Apollo Neuro. Do, hmm. you, know, do you know about it, David? I don't, know. Okay, so it was developed by these team of brilliant you know neural brain people and um they spent a long time doing it it's so cool you just wear this and it's got these different modes you can so, so i have an app on my phone and then i go to my apollo neuro app yeah. and if it's bedtime this is what it's most worth every penny for you set it on sleep mm -hmm. and it starts vibrating and it's it's kind of like sound waves but it's going into your mm. nervous system and it totally puts you to sleep and wow. then if you wake up you can you know hit it again back to sleep so mm. and then over time like in a week or two or something you're you have a new path you know like the brain's learned a new pattern so i love this apollo neuro and then also and you can go to the website and see what yeah. you know how to get it but um but what I did, because I'm always a little nervous before we do these things, like I'm hoping I remember to say the right thing and I'm not talking too fast and all. And so what I do is I put it on the mode that's called focus and concentration. There's one for meditation that helps you meditate better. Um, there's, there's seven different categories. Then I, when I wake up in the morning after sleeping well at night, then I put it on the wake up 
one. So um, it's an expensive little device for $350. But if you're not sleeping, please look into it because you really have to sleep. And it's fantastic for controlling stress. So there are devices out there that you can use. It's really an amazing time to be alive. So mm -hmm. create energy, um, correct digestion, and then you want to conquer the inflammation and the infections in your body, whether it's mold, candidiasis, Lyme, COVID, <laughs> you got to conquer that. And wow. um, so I also was going to mention something really important about COVID because all these people are getting the, you know, the, they're the long haulers. They get infected with COVID-19, they get over it, but they're never the same that, that forever. But what, this is because people don't understand candidiasis. They don't realize when they go in the hospital or their doctor, you know, is trying to help, they're taking antibiotics and any fungals, yeah, any, yeah, any fungals they're using, but they're on a lot of antibiotics, really strong ones. And they are absolutely create, oh, and they're on steroids. So those two things create yeast infection if you don't already have one, or they make the one you have that maybe you inherited from your mom at birth, because these kids, a lot of these long haulers are young. So yeah. it makes it really things that are really, it's not part of COVID anymore. You now have this inflammation. And of course, for sure, their symptoms are brain inflammation. They're super foggy, um, very tired and fatigued. So I'm hoping people really, really get it when you promote this summit, David, that yeah. important understanding, controlling, understanding it. And then, um, then implementing the, la the last, so they're all C's, like create energy, uh, conquer the infections, correct digestion, cleanse out the toxins, because you're gonna, you have a lot of toxins and you're gonna create a lot more toxins when the yeast and mold are dying off. Mm -hmm. That's where the binders come in and enemies come in. Um, you know, I, I just don't want people to feel overwhelmed. I'm sure they do at this point, but just, the other part is step-by-step step, is just take little bitty bites, put that into yeah. place, but the brain inflammation so that we have that connection between those two areas of our brain is super important. So you have the willpower to do it. And that's yeah. all I want to say. <laughs> super key. Well, thanks again, Donna. Guys, you can check out our website, bodyecology.com and her great book, The Body Ecology Diet. So thanks so much again for your time, Donna. And guys, we'll see you on a future interview. Be blessed, everybody. Well, that's all for this show. And I wanna thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on, or you wanna dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.